Okay, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, wherever you are in the world, welcome to Free Association. Um, I've got a video to play from Brighteon today, which is Rainer Fulmick uh, doing an update on the Corona Investigation Committee in Germany. Uh, it's been set up for about 18 months, very close to 18 months. It was set up uh, in the middle of 2020, and they've been interviewing and gathering evidence from experts all around the world. Um, I'll, I'll let him explain it because he does it better than me. So, this is Reimer Formic. Hello, I'm Reimer Formic, and I want to tell you about the results of the investigations of the Berlin Corona Committee to date. I've been working together with my colleagues in my firm as a trial lawyer for 27 years. I'm licensed to practice law in Germany and in California. Until COVID emerged, we exclusively represented consumers and small and medium-sized businesses against global criminal corp corporations such as Deutsche Bank, VW, and Kühne Nagel, the world's largest freight carrier. That changed after a virus previously labeled harmless was sudden, suddenly declared the cause of a global pandemic in March of 2020, and the world was suppressed with lockdown, social distancing, and mask mandates, as well as mass PCR testing and so-called vaccinations for perfectly healthy people. No coherent explanation was ever given for this sudden change of opinion from don't worry, this is a harmless virus to this is a very dangerous virus, many people will die. Instead, the governments and the mainstream media deliberately spread panic. There are several leaked internal documents of the ministries of the, of the interior in very, various countries that prove this targeted fear-mongering. This was done by a worldwide lockstep approach of continuously blasting out the alleged danger of the alleged new virus via the mainstream media, in order to make this horror story credible, it was emphasized with horrific images from Bergamo, Italy, and New York, among other places. This was to suggest to everyone that there was every reason to panic. Very strange, as one would expect a real government to try and keep the population calm if there really was an emergency. In the meantime, we have come to understand that at least until the beginning of the rollout of the so-called vaccines, there was no excess mortality anywhere. The horrific images were partly staged and partly based on gross medical malpractice. In the face of this chaotic situation, which occurred literally overnight, as if on command, our colleague Viviana Fischer and I, together with two other lawyers, founded the Corona Investigative Committee in Berlin on July 10, 2020. We did this in order to get answers to the questions to which our federal government, for reasons unknown to us at the time, was not prepared to provide answers. Above all, we wanted to know how dangerous is the virus really? How reliable is the PCR test developed by the German professor Drosten and recommended worldwide by the WHO for detecting infections? And how much damage are the COVID measures anti-COVID measures causing economically and to people's health. Let me first summarize the outcome of the Corona Committee's work to date. 
Since uh, July 10th, 2020, we have consulted with about 150 distinguished scientists and experts from all around the world and from all areas of science, including health, law, economy, psychology, and psychiatry, on these questions. How dangerous is the virus? How reliable is the PCR test? And how much harm is caused by the anti-corona measures? Among these experts are Dr. Mike Yeadon, former Vice President of Pfizer, Professor Luc Montagnier, Nobel Laureate from France, Catherine Austin Fitz, investment banker and former Deputy Minister of the, uh, of the US, and also, most recently, politicians such as Sue Frost, member of the Board of Supervisors of Sacramento County in California. Now, if someone had told me a year and a half ago that the outcome of the Corona Committee's work to date would be this, I would have told them to take their pills and see their doctor. But our hearings prove the following results beyond a, beyond a reasonable doubt. One, the COVID measures were never about health. We don't have a pandemic. We have a virus circulating that any intact human immune system can fight just as well as the flu. And this is true whether the virus occurred naturally or was created in a lab. Apart from that, there are very good alternative methods of treatment to prevent or treat this disease, such as vitamin C, ND, zinc, possibly ivermectin, and others. Two, our governments, at least almost all European governments as well, as that of the U.S., are not acting in the best interest of their people, but are largely under the control of the backers of the global corporations and NGOs, which are summarized by Catherine Austin Fitz as Mr. Global. This is also the term that I will be using here when I refer to those who are pulling the strings behind the scenes. How did we come to this conclusion? Well, before COVID, each of us had, had had their own sometimes strange encounters, which made us wonder if something isn't quite right, but we couldn't really put our fingers on what it was exactly. Long before COVID came on the scene, my colleagues in my firm and I had a clear sense in our work time and again that something was wrong in the German courts of law. Global corporations such as Deutsche Bank, VW, and Kuhn and Nagel seemed to be above the law in the German courts because, for example, Deutsche Bank, one of the most criminal organizations in the world, is regarded by politicians as systemically important, and thus de facto given special protection in the courts of law as well. VW gets special protection simply because they are the largest employer in the German state of Lower Saxony. Our suspicion that the German judiciary is so heavily influenced by politics that it is no longer capable of applying the applicable law to such corporations and uncovering their fraudulent activities turned out to have a real basis. The German fr uh, phrase, they hang the small fry, but they let the big fish go because they're supposedly too big to fail is reality. Based on the, on the behavior of the German judiciary in the COVID cases, it is now clear beyond any doubt to us that this is indeed the case. German judges who decide the cases before them, not in line with the COVID panic agenda of the government, but on the basis of the applicable law, are not only put under pressure behind the scenes. Rather, this is now done openly with the arbitrary, brutal methods of an anti-democratic, even totalitarian regime. 
This is obviously done to send a message to the judiciary as a whole so as to prevent them from applying the applicable law and thus questioning the government line. The dramatic example of a judge in Weimar and the experts he called upon for deciding a case proves this. He had asked three experts to provide expert opinions in response to a complaint from a mother of two that her children were suffering severe physical and psychological harm in school from being forced to wear masks, to comply with social distancing, and constantly getting PCR tested. All three experts are respected professors at German universities. On April 8, 2021, on the basis of this expert testimony, he ordered that the school and the school principal had to stop all such measures immediately. Based on the testimony of the expert witnesses, he had determined that the measures were without any factual basis, because the PCR test invented by the now highly controversial German professor Drosten is not approved, is not approved for diagnostic purposes, but only for scientific purposes. And contrary to the claims of Professor Drosten, it can, in fact, under no circumstances tell us anything about infections. In addition, he had found that these COVID measures caused very serious damage to the health of the children, of which the long-term consequences are incalculable. A few weeks after the decision, due to political pressure, his house, office, and car were searched, and his computer and cell phone were seized because he was accused of a crime. The accusation of bending the laws in the air, which is a crime. But the specific accusation was not that his decision was wrong on its merits. No. In fact, it still stands unchallenged on its merits, and for a very good reason. Both a court of appeal in Portugal and an administrative court in Austria had previously come to the same conclusion, that a PCR test cannot detect infections and therefore cannot be the basis for any anti-corona measures. Instead, the accusation was that, as a family court judge, he did not have subject matter jurisdiction to decide the case. Rather, the criminal obviously politically driven case against him, states that an administrative court has subject matter jurisdiction over such cases. However, in the meantime, several appellate court decisions in Germany have confirmed that in such cases of endangerment of a child's welfare, of course the family courts have jurisdiction and must intervene, not the administrative courts. Parallel to this, such searches and seizures were also carried out at the homes of the three expert witnesses, the lawyer who had supported the children, and a popular artist who happens to be a friend of the judge. Shortly thereafter, such searches and seizures were also conducted at the home of another respected professor. This professor is one of the world's best-known experts on vaccinations and vaccines, who have been critical of the safety and efficacy of these injections as they are not backed up by any scientific or medical studies. How could it have come to this in a country that calls itself a democracy? Specifically, how is it that politics in Germany and in other countries, in gross violation of the Roman legal principle of audiato et ultra pars, which means here also the other side, with the help of mainstream media exclusively, 
spreading government propaganda and denigrating any and all dissenting opinions as right-wing, right-wing, Nazi, Nazi, are now enforcing COVID measures ever more harshly without any factual basis. Meanwhile, Mr. Global and his political puppets are calling for permanent lockdowns, first COVID lockdowns, then climate lockdowns, and the continued use of untested alleged vaccines not just once, but regularly, regularly recurring every six months, shots every six months. In some countries, this is already reality. I will give you the answer below based on the Corona Committee's expert hearings by first reporting the facts about the actual dangerousness of the virus and the reliability of the PCR test and the health and economic damage caused by the measures. Then I'll explain what plans Mr. Global is openly, openly pursuing, as evidenced by the written and oral statements of, for example, World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab and Microsoft founder Bill Gates. While distracting the population from these goals with the help of the, um, of the COVID pandemic. And finally, I'll explain how we, the people, can regain not only our sovereignty, but also the assets that have been stolen from us by Mr. Global for decades. First, let's take a look at the COVID measures and how they were never about health. This virus is no more dangerous than a common flu. There are indications that the original virus allegedly first detected in Wuhan was artificially produced in the Wuhan Institute of Virology by means of so-called gain-of-function experiments. Such experiments intend to make a virus more dangerous, in particular to cause it to jump from animals to humans. These are, in fact, experiments for the production of bioweapons. Among others, the U.S. immunologist Dr. Fauci and the aforementioned German virologist Professor Dr. Drusten were significantly involved in such gain-of-function experiments. There are a lot of things that need to be clarified, but this much is certain. The original virus has long since ceased to exist. Rather, as with every flu virus, various variants Mutations have been documented that may spread more quickly, but are far less dangerous than the original virus. And it doesn't make a difference if it was artificial or uh, natural. In addition, however, there are considerable doubts that the virus was ever isolated in a scientifically correct manner. Many scientists assume now that the flu virus, or influenza A or B, was merely relabeled by Mr. Global into a coronavirus pandemic. Ultimately, however, none of this matters, for the question of the severity or dangerousness of the virus is easy to answer. In the meantime, even the highly controversial WHO, which is in fact controlled by its largest donors, including the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and its offshoot Gavi, which together have a stake in almost all vaccine manufacturers in the world, agrees with, Ms., uh, with uh, Professor uh, John Ioannidis of Stanford University, one of the most cited scientists in the world. The severity of the virus, with a so-called infection fatality rate of 0.14 to 0.15%, corresponds with that of the flu. There was no excess mortality anywhere before the beginning of the so-called vaccinations. As far as there were isolated increases or spikes in mortality, for example in Bergamo, Italy, and in New York, these are explained with massive medical malpractice. 
In Bergamo, predominantly very old people whose pre-existing conditions in nursing homes had died. Their immune systems had previously been weakened by vaccinations and then, in order to keep the hospitals free for the panic-stricken COVID pa uh, patients who never arrived, sick people, including influenza patients, were transferred to the elderly care homes. These then infected the weakened people there. In addition, the WHO had installed Raineri Guerra into the Italian Ministry of Health, who falsified the data for the pandemic exercise plans. Their last pandemic exercise had not taken place in 2016, but in 2006, so that the medical professionals were unprepared. In the meantime, he is not working at the Ministry of Health anymore, but the Italian Public Prosecutor's Office is investigating him. In New York, as every year during flu season, some but by, me, by no means all hospitals were overcrowded. On the hospital ship Comfort, with a thousand beds available, no more than 20 to 40 beds were ever occupied. In New York, it also affected predominantly older people with pre-existing morbidities. Without the panic messages in the media, many people who would have stayed at home and cured themselves under the correct assumption that they were ill with a flu or flu-like uh, illness, stormed some of the hospitals and fell victim to either hospital germs or massive medical malpractice by, for example, intubation instead of receiving oxygen with oxygen masks or far too high dosages of hydroxychloroquine or being treated with dangerous medications such as remdesivir. Of course, respiratory illnesses, including this one, which is now called COVID-19, are, like the flu, dangerous diseases. And of course, COVID-19, just like the seasonal flu, has individual severe courses of illness and also death. Typically, however, the immune system intercepts the virus and especially the highly toxic uh, spike protein in the mouth and nose. It only becomes dangerous when the immune system is bypassed and the, mind you, highly toxic spike protein, but also other ingredients such as mRNA and lipids and other nanoparticles are injected directly into the body. In any case, as post-mortem examinations carried out in Germany have shown in the meantime, the people who allegedly died with or from COVID before the start of vaccinations, with few exceptions, had all passed the average human life expectancy and or suffered from uh, other serious pre-existing diseases. Virtually none of the people who allegedly died of COVID had actually died from COVID. 96% of the people who allegedly died of COVID in New York and Bergamo, and 85% of those in Sweden had died from completely different diseases. How was the corona pandemic invented? What was behind this? Based in part on the testimony of two former WHO employees and advisors, but also on the testimony of historians and investigative journalists as well as scientists, we can now trace the following chronology. Concrete planning for the corona pandemic has been going on for at least 10 years, and this is verifiable. The corona pandemic has been a concretely planned pandemic by Mr. Global for at least 10 years. Previously, in 2009, an attempt by Mr. Global to turn the swine flu into a pandemic failed literally, literally at the very last second, in particular because the German lung specialist, Dr. Wolfgang Vordach, 
who at the time had political power as a member of the German Bundestag and the European Council, uh, had exposed that pandemic as a mild flu. Back then, the WHO had unexpectedly changed the definition of a pandemic overnight, so that today any flu can be declared a pandemic. Until then, a pandemic was considered to be a worldwide disease uh, with many severe illnesses and many deaths, and suddenly it was supposed to be simply a worldwide disease event without the need for many severe illnesses and many deaths. Due to this completely surprising and never explained change in definition, it was possible for the WHO, which is closely intertwined with the global pharmaceutical industry, to declare the swine flu a pandemic in 2009. The consequence of this was that expensive vaccines were produced and sold worldwide on the basis of contracts that have been kept secret to this day. These vaccines not only proved to be completely unnecessary because uh, contrary to all the horrific announcements from the pharmaceutical industry and universities close to it, millions of deaths were allegedly going to happen worldwide if a vaccination wasn't carried out, the swine flu ultimately turned out to be a mild flu. Furthermore, the vaccines led to serious health problems. Around 1,300 children in Europe, especially in the Scandinavian countries, became incurably ill with narcolepsy and are now permanently disabled. Long before the current corona pandemic, dozens of patents on the coronavirus, including the spike protein, and also on the so-called vaccines, had already been registered. Even before the outbreak of the alleged corona pandemic, American scientists were explicitly advertising investments in corona vaccines to potential investors. In October of 2019, before the corona pandemic rolled out in March 2020 with lockdowns, social distancing, mass mandates, and finally the so-called vaccines, a final exercise took place in New York under the title Event 201. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the World Economic Forum, and the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security were involved. Shortly thereafter, an outbreak of what is now known as COVID-19 allegedly occurred for the first time in Wuhan, China, due to an allegedly novel coronavirus. A short time later, however, the excitement died down in China and the alleged novel disease had been brought under control. Mr. Global, however, used the Wuhan incident as a springboard, so to speak, to set in motion his long-planned corona pandemic. The staging of the pandemic with the help of the Drosten PCR test. This is the centerpiece. While all politicians and physicians worldwide, among them also the virologist Professor Drosten, as well as the mainstream media, were still reassuring the citizens and explaining that the virus from China would, just like a mild flu wave, not be noticed by the vast majority of the people, that no special measures needed to be taken, in particular that masks were completely unnecessary and pointless, Professor Dr. Drosten, whose academic background is now highly doubtful, invented a PCR test with which COVID-19 infections could allegedly be detected. This was at the beginning of January of 2020, while he was telling everyone that there was nothing to worry about. In two papers, the contents of which were disseminated worldwide by the WHO, he made two false claims, deliberately false, as has since been established. Two false claims that were crucial to the pandemic. 
First, he claimed that there are asymptomatic infections. That is, that everyone should be afraid of every perfectly healthy person showing no symptoms because he or she could be infected with COVID-19 and be potentially dangerous, contagious. Secondly, he claimed his PCR test as the gold standard could detect concrete contagious infections with COVID-19. Now, asymptomatic infections with respiratory viruses such as influenza or corona do not exist. As most recently proven by a study conducted with 10 million subjects in Wuhan in late 2020, and as Drosten also knew when he published this. And the PCR test invented by Nobel Prize winner Carrie Mullis is neither approved nor suitable for diagnostic purposes. This is because it cannot distinguish between living and dead viral fragments, and it also tests positive for fragments of a virus left over from the immune system's fight against the flu or cold that has long since passed. In particular, the test cannot determine whether a whole virus, fragments are not enough anyway, has entered cells and is replicating there. Drosten knew all this and had explicitly stated six years earlier in a newspaper interview concerning the MERS virus, which is another coronavirus, that a positive test had no meaning, but that completely healthy people could also test positive. Virtually overnight, for reasons that have not yet been fully resolved, but that suggest an involuntary early start to this pandemic, Mr. Global, through the WHO politicians and mainstream media, suddenly changed his mind. Mr. Global put pressure on the WHO to quickly declare a public health emergency of international concern. Public health emergency of international concern. According to the freely invented rules of the WHO, such an international health emergency is the only basis on which completely new, untested drugs, in this case so-called vaccines, can be used on humans. Usually, the development and approval of a new drug takes at least 8 to 10 years. At the first emergency meeting in February of 2020, those present could not agree to declare this fake public health emergency of international concern because there were no cases. Nevertheless, because of the allegedly highly dangerous situation, the group agreed to meet again two weeks later. At that second emergency meeting, the fake, the public health emergency of international concern was actually declared. What had changed? Well, nothing. However, Professor Drosten had made his PCR test available to the WHO. And with the help of this test, the cases needed for the declaration of a fake had been created. Today, it must be assumed that the proclamation of the public health emergency of international concern and subsequently all COVID measures were based solely upon completely meaningless false positive test results. First of all, the PCR test per se cannot detect infections, contagious infections under any circumstances, as I just explained. Above all, however, Drosten had set up his test in such a way that it was guaranteed to generate false positives. This is because of the so-called cycles of amplification, which one needs to evaluate the results of the test. That is, the machine into which the swabs are placed enlarges the molecules that are otherwise invisible to the human eye in many cycles, so-called cycles of amplification, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, etc. There's now a consensus that anything over 24 cycles 
is completely unscientific and therefore useless. Therefore, the Frankfurt Health Department doesn't take test results of more than 24 cycles into consideration at all. And Dr. Mike Heaton, formerly of Pfizer, has stated in agreement, by the way, with Dr. Mike, uh, Dr. Fauci, um, that more than 35 cycles results in at least 97% false positives. And the Drosten test, which served as a blueprint for the vast majority of tests subsequently performed worldwide, in that test, 45, 45 cycles of amplification were used. This was followed, always accompanied by the panic orchestra of the mainstream media and the vast majority of politicians, in quick succession by the COVID measures such as a lockdown, which had been invented shortly before in China, social distancing, mask mandates, and finally, the so-called vaccines. These alleged vaccines are, in reality, gene therapeutic experiments on unsuspecting, unsuspecting humans because there was no valid informed consent. It should be emphasized at this point that every invasive medical intervention is a bodily injury or battery unless the patient explicitly consents to it. And his consent is invalid if he is not informed correctly and completely. That is about the fact that no medical studies have been conducted, there's only an emerg emergency use authorization, and about the numerous very serious side effects that have become known in the meantime. This concept of informed consent is the most important result of the Nuremberg trials of 1946. However, it was precisely these inje injections designated by way of deception as vaccines with substances, substances, uh, substances that had not previously been tested in scientific studies for, for their safety and efficacy that had been Mr. Global's goal from the very beginning. The subsequent steps ordered after the proclamation of the fake lockdown, social distancing, compulsory masking served only to make the population believe in a danger that didn't exist, to unsettle and disorient them, and thus make them so compliant that they would finally consent to the so-called vaccines as the only means of obtaining protection or immunity against the disease. There is no reason for the use of these vaccines. This is because, as stated above, there is no COVID pandemic at all, only a PCR test pandemic. Apart from that, there are highly effective and completely harmless alternative preventive and curative treatments as outlined above. Even worse, the vaccines are completely ineffective as the example of Israel shows particular, particularly dramatically. There, 86% of the people treated in hospitals for COVID are double vaccinated.